It's time for Talking Tauntauns! Your Star Wars source at AIPTcomics.com Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Talking Tauntauns, the official Star Wars podcast for AIPTcomics.com. I am JJ Travers and I'm joined today, as always, by Nicole Herview and Jim Lahane. Uh, We've had a little scheduling silliness recently, uh, so because of that, we're bringing you two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett today. Traditionally, we're trying to keep it uh, one episode of Book of Boba Fett, one episode of Talking Tauntauns, uh, but today you're getting Chapter 2, The Tribes of Tantooine. Uh, Tatooine, excuse me, and Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. Next week, we'll be back to Chapter 4, Gets Its Own Episode. But today, you get both, so congratulations. Nicole? Hi. <laughs> I know the answer, but how are you? <laughs> I'm having a great day. No, I've had I've had a rough couple of days. Technology hates me. My body hates me, but you know what? I will persevere. It will be fine. Give me a back to tank, and I'll be I'll be just fine back to bed yeah (laughs) so jim any new exciting home fix-it projects you've done um well we finally the siding has officially been finished i paid the final payment um to the siding guys so that is done and now we're waiting on the uh contractor to get back from a funeral um, so that he can start uh, building my daughter's bedroom and moving the stairs around. So right now I'm just playing whack-a-mole with various little projects here and there. Our house is dumb. Like, whoever put the electrical in this house, it's like you'll have outlets, like two um, light switches on a wall, like offset, one like three feet higher than the other one, and they turn on different lights in the same room. All I've got a that. lot of, I've got a lot of that too, and uh, there there was an addition put on to this house at one point, and there's one room where the the lighting just makes no sense whatsoever as far as the switches and what outlets and such that they turn on and off. It's really weird, and I still yeah. have uh, switches that I don't know what they do. I've played that game too. Yeah, so right now I'm working in the utility room. I'm ripping out one of the light light sets completely and rewiring one of the light sets so that it operates the whole room because why would you want to turn on the lights and it turns on all of the lights uh i also got a new miter saw which i'm very excited about i'm building um none of them i don't think any of them listen to this podcast so it should be okay to talk about it here but uh my D party and i just finished our year-long campaign that started as a official module and then my dm was like no nah, i'm just gonna do my own thing and he turned it into this crazy amazing adventure that took us about a year to get through and it was awesome uh so i'm building them all dice towers that fold into um dice boxes so you mm-hmm. like you'll drop it into the tower and it'll drop right into the box well that's awesome that's cool yeah so it's my first uh amateur beginner woodworking project and i'm really excited um so i just got some wood at home depot this weekend some just cheap hobby wood to i know i'm gonna screw it up a bunch before i get it right so uh yeah Yeah. that's my project for this weekend when my wife's with her family so it should be fun after this you can remodel your kitchen it's like (laughs) you just uh, figure out one you go right to the next yeah sounds great no it'll be fun 
But you know what else was fun? This is Master Assassin Fennec Shan. I'm Boba Fett. Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. Chapter 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. Directed by Steph Green. Uh, This episode, holy crap. Wow. This came out on January 5th. Today is January 13th. Yesterday we had the streets of Mos Espa. uh, But we're talking about the tribes of Tatooine to start the show. Wow. Talk about uh, a difference in energy between the first episode and this ep- uh, the second episode. It's Things got cranked up to uh, 11. I feel like we started at a very like even keel, a very like soft, slow, restrained introduction, and then that was entirely gone with this episode. Man, it was so good. This is like one of my favorite episodes of Favreau Star Wars TV so far. I loved it. It was significantly better. Like, if, like I would say if this wasn't a series that he probably wrote all at once, it feels like he fixed issues in the first episode here because not only is this episode almost twice as long as the first, you have a full story. Like, the first episode felt like it was lacking a conclusion to that episode, whereas this one, like felt like almost two stories entirely you had the yeah. the the part in the the current time quote current time and then his flashback scenes and his flashback scene literally took up most of the episode yeah it was um i'm gonna say spoilers before i say this but it's been a minute since i screamed excitedly names of people and or things at my screen while watching star wars but i screamed the pikes it's the pikes like i screamed the pikes like, i'm alone in this room and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's the pikes and i like lost my mind and um and i mean i th- i think i'm gonna say this name right but black kersantan is that how you say it uh yeah i think that's right? roughly right Kersan- I-, I was like we both know who you're talking about in the audience going- knows who you're talking about on big boy wookie i was just like well okay this show has balls now okay um it was cool it was cool to just like see characters i had only seen either on a comics page or in like animation like come to life that was like pretty incredible and seeing the tuscan raiders get a little bit more attention and personification um and just a little bit of you know uh justice and then we threw that away completely in episode three but it was cool to see them have some screen time that wasn't uh painting them in a negative light if that makes sense stereotypical quote savages is really how they had been depicted since episode four and this is Maybe the like other than le- a lot of legend stories kind of delved into the the Tuscans. This is really the only thing in canon that we get where we see their side. Yeah, and yeah, you're it, it quote humanizes them so that we kind of like they they become real characters. And yeah, the episode three kind of went. Yeah, we're done with them. Yeah, like literally they were like, hey, let's pay attention to this indigenous culture that actually matters. 
because of course it does because they're people and uh then they're like never mind <laughs> like real quick um which is some we could talk about that when we're talking about episode three but i hated that um but this episode if we're just talking about this episode it was kind of really nice to to get like some redemption not for the Tuscan Raiders, but for the people who write the Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, okay, let's fix this obviously glaringly problematic issue in how we deal with this indigenous population. Let's fix that. Uh, and then they didn't. But go on. Go on, JJ. I, I have a couple of thoughts on this. Uh, first, I am a huge sucker for Dances with Wolves. Um as well as The Last Samurai, and, you know, that influence is just glaringly obvious here. Uh, but despite that, I'm totally cool with it. Um, it. It's not a, you know, a terribly surprising... I think we all saw where the story was headed on the first episode with him and, and these folks, and um, we pretty much knew that it was going to work out because of his appearance in uh, The Mandalorian with a gaffy stick. But... Uh, nonetheless, I still really enjoyed seeing him, you know, um, like come to understand these people are a lot more complicated than I think. They're not these just like mindless, like brutal, uh, just ruthless, uh, people I don't understand. Like, uh, nomadic tribesmen living out here. They're like, they have a complicated social structure. They care about their family. They care about their animals. Um, and they deal like, with people trying to kill them all the time. All like, the time. Literally, that steal train their, had still their land. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that train had zero reason to shoot at them. Zero. They, were just they like weren't even. Fun with it. It, it's, <sighs> it. They weren't even there. And all of a sudden, like the train, just like I just rewatched the part. They just kind of they they're what kilometers away, and all of a sudden the train just kills the bantha and starts shooting at them it's like you yeah. weren't even you you were literally provoking this yeah, yeah. so it, you know it was nice to see that side of it and then it was cool to see him earn their respect um and for their perception of him to change is he's not just some like outsider here to disrespect us and and steal what's what's ours and that so many other uh beings have disrespected and stolen he he's you know both sides perceptions changed and they met in the middle and we saw this super cool like vision quest ritual with a little gecko thing going up his nose and Ugh. going out into the desert and coming back with his gaffy stick i thought that was so cool like it was dope we're never going to know the details of any of that and it it doesn't matter it was just this badass like ultimate form of respect and acceptance from the tuscans uh for him and just like watching him carve his own gaffy stick like man that was so freaking cool like i loved that absolutely loved it thought it was fantastic uh that whole the whole parts of the episode with the tuscans were great um and you know jumping into episode three a little bit it is disappointing to see that they were attacked and a lot of them were taken out but I'm Off pretty screen. confident that this is not like the end of the Tuscans and not the last that we've seen of them. Well, it's uh, not the end of the t like the Tuscans are all huge. Of them. Yeah, yeah so this is the his one tribe. Yeah, right, yeah. and it was That's really upsetting to see these people that we've you know kind of grown attached to and 
and he's obviously grown attached to, die off screen. Well, I'm like, what I'm... the hell is going on around here? Like, they weren't even given a dignified death or anything like that. It was as if they didn't matter at all. And I was very kind of, I was like, okay, that was one step forward, two steps back. But pff, go on. Like, uh, well, I, I see two sides to that. One, there's only seven episodes. So they really have to pick and choose what they're giving us here, especially since from how the story's telling, like, you know, these two lines are converging. The the amount that's happening in the past for what we're seeing in the future, I feel like it needs to stop soon for the rest of the episodes to be dedicated to the present time. Right. Um, and then my other take on that is we didn't see the Tuscan's body that um, we saw what I perceived to be the leader of, mm-hmm, of the tribe, mm-hmm. but we did not see the Tuscan that trained him to use a gaffy stick. So I yeah. feel like we're going to see that Tuscan alive as a captive, maybe even the kid that he bonded with as well, mm. or perhaps they escaped. It just it felt super weird to me that they showed uh, the leader's corpse, but not the Tuscan that trained him. And that's why okay. I feel confident that this is not the last that we're seeing of them. Yeah, she is one of the like if you look at the credits, the 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 one who trained him is she's one of the few Tuscans who actually gets uh, a uh, role on the episode to Tuscan warrior. Um, And it's a woman. Yeah, I was going to say I looked that up. I forgot to write her name down. And Joanna Bennett. I'm looking at it right now. I just. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. You got my back all the time. Um, Yeah, I thought that was dope. I was like, holy crap. How cool is that? I never realized it. And then you kind of see people kind of picking up on it online. And they I think they confirmed somewhere that, yes, uh, the actress is a woman and the character is also a woman because it's hard to yeah. tell with the uh, with the the outfit. But right. yeah. That, yeah, it's super cool. It, all I could hear in my head is, you know, Hayden Christensen going, not just the men, but the women and the children. Too. Like, I, that's all I could hear. Because I was like, that's a lot of people who I don't know their gender. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was like kind of cool to be like, yeah, that badass warrior who's like the coolest person I've seen in the show probably is she like, what, on the train. So dope. Like, so dope. she was c- clearly the best part of a really good episode is mm-hmm. when she just goes all out on the train. And yeah, it was man. it was absolutely fantastic. I love it. It likely failed without. Um, that character being there like Boba Fett and the remaining Tuscans were pinned down and injured. Um, So yeah, definitely a cool character that I am very confident is not going to be killed off screen and never mentioned again. I I suspect that that character is a captive or escaped and is planning some kick-ass revenge. Um, But yeah, uh, the, the Tuscans, the vision quest, the gaffy stick, the training them and attacking the train, all of that was fantastic. And then on the other side, in present day, um, well, we have now the Pikes are in present and past. And seeing the Pikes was super exciting. I mentioned in Discord how um, I was a little surprised at the drastic departure from the design. It didn't bother me. It was just a little surprising because we've seen them in Rebels and in Clone Wars. Uh, and their faces are a lot more kind of like pinched in and like higher up on like the the head mm-hmm. uh and the masks were a little different but overall still super cool to see the pike syndicate uh it makes a lot of sense they used them previously in clone wars and rebels and they were also pretty prominent in uh solo 
Uh, so it's cool seeing like them being kind of the heavy handed, um, likely antagonists for Boba Fett and his territory from like what we've seen with them and the Tuscans and him in present day with, uh, well, as we're catching up to present day with his like negotiations mm-hmm. with that, uh, between the gang, I forget their name. Do you guys remember? Oh, the, the, the biker gang. I don't ones? think we've got, yeah. I don't think no, we've the, the, the Pike named them. Cause he said, you know, yeah, another group has, has taken your, tr- your protection money and yeah, he yeah, named yeah. them the bikers. I don't know. Those d- jerks. Yeah. Either Those way, uh, super mm-hmm. cool to see the Pikes. Um, and I'm just going to call him Black K, so there's no mispronouncing his name. I'm pretty sure it's Chrysanthemum <sighs> because it's I... It's Chrysanthemum. They named him like, in the next yeah, episode, in the third she, episode. Um, Fennec said it like three times, and I was like, remember how, to use, how you say that freaking name? And I keep remembering, it sounds like Chrysanthemum. Um, and I'm like, that's... And it's exactly the same. He's a yeah. black Chrysanthemum. Yeah, <laughs> I. It's so weird because he's so scary and so big, and I'm like, I just want to hug that boy. Like he's just, I love him so much. He's such a big, scary dick. Um, but yeah, I yeah, Black or Santon. Go like, on, how, JJ. how cool is is this for Karen Gillan? Like, right, seeing this character that he created, and first it was Darth Vader, and then carrying him over to Doctor Aphra's comic book, and now he's in live action, and they nailed it. Like him walking out for the first time was just so huge and intimidating and tough and scary. It was just like one of the coolest debuts for a comic book character that they just absolutely nailed they um i was actually wondering because they never named him in the first in the second episode and so i was wondering if they were ever going to name him or if it was just kind of an easter egg for those who knew Mm. and then obviously in the third episode he definitely got name drop although he seems to they've dropped the black and it's just chrysanthemum 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 he's a big Um, flower um (laughs) yeah so yeah, but that was he was uh super awesome cuz he's his design is so iconic that anybody who knows who it is instantly knows who it was. Yeah, he, he I was in awe. I was losing it. I was like it's the big boy. <laughs> I was just screaming at my television. I was so excited. Um it was really it was just yeah, very well. It was done. a Leo was meme so moment. Scary. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pointing I'm at doing the, it, the pointing. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh! I know him. Um, yeah, man, that was. I'm so excited for him to have more to do in the Star Wars universe because you know he's coming back. They didn't just use him for that one moment and sent him off on his. He's coming back. We know that. Come on, there's gonna be merch. Like he's gonna be huge because the internet went bananas for him. So he'll be back if Dude, not later in the, the uh, season. But what about the brass knucks? That he was using, like uh, the, the the stun. We're not on. We're not on episode three yet. <sighs> oh, we're talking about but, the character. But so cool, though. I, mm, yes, awesome. And you know what? If we see him, this gives me hopes that we could see another character that he's very familiar with, Doctor Afra. Yes. Yeah, that would be really cool. Which would That'd just blow my mind. Mm-hmm. Bring Doctor Afra into this. This holy is crap. like the perfect place for her to be. It's like scum yeah. and villainary, scum and villainy everywhere. Um, but 
Yeah, man. They they just they nailed this character. I'm super happy for Kieran Gillen. Uh, the fight scene with him and Boba Fett and his new little like biker gang and the Gamorrean <laughs> I hate guards. This biker gang. <laughs> I love it. I know it's ridiculous and doesn't belong in Star Wars. I don't care. I love it. I was like, this is for me. It's absurd. That biker gang is stupid, and I love it. That's all I can say. That was the, okay, jumping over there, that was the slowest biker chase ever. I'm like, (laughs) are people going to, like, walk by them? Like, I I thought we were supposed to be, like, like super high speed sort of thing, and they just look like they're, like, um, got little Vespas and, like, kind of moseying along the street. Yeah, but JJ, what were you gonna say about that that fight between them and and Cursanted? Uh, and I just Boba? I just thought it was great. Like the dude just got stabbed, he got electrocuted, he got whipped, and he was just like he got hit in nothing. the back. So he got the, he got the gaffy shiv. stick was sticking out of him. Yeah, the gaffy <laughs> stick was sticking out of him. The the uh, female biker just shoved a blade into his side. The Gamorrean guard slashed him in the back he had a gaffy stick he got electrocuted with the whip and the dude's just runs tackles two gamorian guards down the stairs like he's just like i don't care <laughs> like, didn't he bite one of them he's like me. i'm going for he it did. i'm a bite yeah. the yeah, crap yeah, out of this did. boy i was like wow my okay. favorite part was at the end when they set him free and he jogs off like he's about to like join the football game. He's like, yes. yeah, like j- j- run onto the field and he's just like, like has this little jog. A I carefree have. little jog. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go this way. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm going that way. He, oh, he just, yeah, very funny. Um, but just rewinding a little bit to talk about the Tuscans again in episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something notable here that they've reintroduced to canon that probably isn't going to be talked about a lot because it's not that big of a deal, but I just think it's really cool um, that Tatooine used to be covered in water. There was, mm. in Legends, like this huge story about like how the Jawas came to be and how the Tuscans came to be uh, and how the water on Tatooine got wiped out. Uh, and I think it's cool that they've made that official again. Um what I'm curious is if they're ever going to, I don't know if this show would be too much, but I'm curious if they're going to decide if the Tuscans are actually humans, like humanoids, uh, mm. or if they're uh, different, evolved much differently like they did in Legends. They might just skip in, over it completely. They might. Yeah, in Legends, the Tuscans and the Jawas were the same species, and they split. Yeah. Neither of evolved. them were human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. Um, and the, like the, the train scene, we had them in, uh, following that we had him like speaking with the, the chief in the, um, the tent. And then he had his vision quest and got his gaffy stick. Um, yeah, I just, it's, it's hard to think after all that, we won't get more on them. So I think this show has done a really cool job of, uh, raising, you said it at the beginning of the episode, Nicole, like it's raised the Tuscans up and given them a lot more respect as, as characters and um, as a group of people in this, in this show uh, it's enriched their culture so much. And I, I just want to know more like, yeah, I do too. I want the, I wanted that to last a lot longer than it did. Excuse me. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't see a world in which that doesn't become relevant, like directly relevant later in the series. Um, whether that alliance between Boba and, and the Tuscans like comes into play directly, or if it's just that one character or what they're coming back, they have to, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of watching Tuscans get slaughtered, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this still does does some good and adds a little bit more to their their culture within the Star Wars universe because it it was really fun to watch and really interesting. And yeah, overdue for them to kind of get that, you know. We know so much about every other people for the most part in Star Wars and the Tuscans are just Tuscans. Not anymore, thank goodness, but once everything that we knew in Legends went away, it was like, okay, then what are they? You know, who are they? At least to me. And now it's, okay, they have, they're a little bit more fleshed out and I appreciate that. But yeah, they yeah. gotta be coming back. As the, um, the uh, regarding the water thing, um, Melissa Miller and James Floyd, who were on the, the science uh, episode we did a while ago, and they have their Star Wars Ologies podcast, we've been, um, texting back and forth and she's like did you guys watch it and it's like we because um i was on their show talking about tatooine and we mentioned that there had to be water at some point they have caves mm. and so so we, we we've been discussing that um frequently it's it's like that's that that's the 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 geek uh in me got li- livened up it's like water <laughs> on a <laughs> desert planet yeah um, so there, besides Black Chrysanthemum, um, there were three other, um, kind of hidden, uh, what's it, like Easter eggs, um, of characters. Two definite, one, uh, is a guess. Uh, do you guys know who they were? I do not. So in the bar, there was the human couple, um, mm-hmm. and they are Cammy and Fixer. If you've ever watched, the a new hope deleted scenes where did luke want to go oh right tashi station he, he wanted to go to tashi station that mm-hmm. was tashi station That's and his right. friends there were cammy and fixer oh, and you can watch that on youtube characters. i think still yeah and if you read the last jedi novelization by mm-hmm. jason fry um luke has kind of a vision where what if he didn't go with um, uh, with Obi-Wan? Mm. And in the vision, he marries Cammy. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, Cammy is this like background character who never was on screen. But if you know, like the background material, like she is like one of those from the original A New Hope. And then That's the awesome. last the last one is super obscure. I didn't catch it. I um. I'm friends with one of the official Star Wars artists, uh, Chris Chavas. He's the one who pointed it out, and I think he's right. The thing that the Hut, one of the twins, wipes his face with. Oh, when he's sponging the sweat? Yes. He um, he thinks that it's a hujib, which if you read the original Marvel comics, there's a, a series, um, it, there's a like a, um, a storyline within it called The Planet of the Hujibs, um, where one of the characters is P- Pliff, and it has six legs, little antenna, and that's what the hut is using to kind of sponge his face with, is this little, like, 
um Hujib character. That's bananas. Yeah, I, I the only thing I noticed was in episode three, our our mechanic lady friend from the Mandalorian was hanging out, but that's it. With her little pit droids. Oh, I didn't see her. I saw the pit yeah. droids running around. So as Boba's going into town on a on the Bantha, I think to talk to the Pikes. Like she's in the background, like walking with her pit droids. And yeah, I was like, hey, I know her. And that that was it. They like linger on her for like a hot oh, second. Oh yes, like, yes, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. That's in episode cool. three when he's meeting yes. with the Pikes. Yes, that's okay. what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. But that that's what I noticed. But Jim's speaking got the of riding board. on the Bantha, laugh out loud moment when he is training the Tuscans to ride the speeder bikes. Yes. And he's like, it's just like riding a Bantha. And he does this he like does the thing. weird motion on the bike. I saw somebody turn that into a GIF. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's it, just It's perfect. like a Boba Fett dancing thing now. It's just him like on the bit. Yeah. I was like, that's, this man's funny. This man the, really, the he's hysterical. The he gives is hysterical. He, if you've ever seen some interviews with him, when he's just allowed to do whatever he wants. He's hilarious. He is a genuinely, like, funny, comedic guy. So I love that he's kind of leaning into that a little bit here and was able to, like, have Boba Fett be funny, which is, you know, I, I always said, not always, but since the episode aired of The Mandalorian that he was in. <laughs> I've always said the last two weeks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he was in The Mandalorian, he was, you know, saying, oh, the Empire might recognize my face. That was the funniest line in Star Wars ever. And he's just like, keeps getting to be funny. And it makes me so happy. So um, we mentioned two characters briefly. Uh, and they're introduced in episode two, and we see them again in episode three. What do you guys think about the twins? They're something else. Um, are they in anything else? No, or I are they them up. completely new? Right? Completely new. The they're creepy as hell to me, but that, that that might be me. I am astounded with the animation or whatever i i don't know if they are physical effects or if they're cgi or what they are but they are perfect like yeah. this is not special edition dvd job of the hut these are like like uh, these are like return of the jedi job of the hut they are if they are not real they sure look it and their voices yeah. are like spot on their voices are great and just the the people carrying them like struggling with I like love that. we got two big freaking huts on a plank and I got to hold it up and even though there's like 15 20 people holding them up they're all suffering and it's just like my god this is so weird and so uncomfortable but really like based in realism you know, like it, like how else do the huts? I mean, I, I know the huts walk around and shit, but like they wouldn't though. You know, like these two would. They'd be like, "No, carry me." Like it's just right. It's it's correct. That's that's what I'll say about it. It's just correct. I um, do like the running joke, where every time Boba goes into town, they're like, "Oh, we didn't know you were here. I didn't see your um. Oh, what what do they call it? The." the DS that they carry him around. 
Entourage or no the the, the actual the, like your, platform yeah, yeah the thing. oh like I the pelican something yeah, like that something they're like or maybe the litter like oh we didn't see your litter being carried so we yeah, didn't know you I were think here that's what it is as they keep doing it they've done it at least three or four times yeah. now it's yeah. and it's funny every time he's like oh my word I can walk yeah <laughs> like bro I'm I, I I I'm gonna carry myself yeah. how about that. Um, so moving on to episode three, we have, um, the exit called, oh, the streets of Mos Espa. So, uh, let's, let's get it out of the way, um, right off the bat. Uh, we have the watermonger, uh, <laughs> Steven Root, who's awesome playing Lorth Appeal. Uh, I love Steven Root. I feel like people put him in a box too much with his office space appearance, He's a really it good was actor. Him. Okay, I thought it was him. Uh, he's a really good actor who has done a lot of great stuff. Um, and he already seems like a huge, like, D-bag slime ball. I love it. <laughs> um, but what people don't love about this Robert Rodriguez-directed episode is uh, the Cyborg Biker Gang. I love them. I don't care. They're ridiculous. I adore it. It's my steam punk like daydream i live it's absurd it's stupid as hell i love it i don't care i don't like sometimes you just gotta enjoy what scratches the itch in the back of your brain and this does it for me and i don't care that it's wrong i don't care that it doesn't fit with anything else i don't care you know i just don't go ahead rip it apart I'll shut up. I actually have no problems with the characters, the fact that they're cyborgs, nothing. I hate their bikes. I hate their bikes. I hate their bikes. I hate that the high-speed chase was at walking pace. I hate the look of their bikes. But the characters themselves, I have no problems with them. I thought they were pretty cool. Um, I I wouldn't mind. They're like throwaway characters that you can kill off some of them, and like you have now characters to kill. Because um, if you kill the Gamorian, you only had two, right, <laughs> and you're right, not going right. to kill Fennec Shand. So it's now you have characters on his team that you can kind of get rid of as you need to. I want that girl's vest. I'd wear that in real life. I want her vest. I don't know her name. I don't care. I like her haircut. I want her vest. It. Mm. But yeah, the bikes are loud. Like they're so colorful it's interesting because i feel like if you put that bike those bikes on like um any other planet (laughs) like i'm trying to think of one but if you put it on like coruscant yeah they wouldn't be as ridiculous but the fact that they're on tatooine is like oh wow that's bright because everything else is just white beige and more beige or brown like there's no color in this place so when you're like hey color it looks ridiculous but if you put them on coruscant i don't think they'd be out outlandish as outlandish as they feel so as much as i'm joking about it i don't think they're as bananas as people are saying they are but i get what the instinct is like i i get that but at the same time i'm like no this this feels about right but that's me i i just feel like John Favreau and Robert Rodriguez were just like, uh, we want to put in an American graffiti tribute to George Lucas, and here it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty and much. 
they weren't subtle about it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, on one hand, I do like that Fed is building this like misfit army for himself to like slowly take over Moss Espa. Um, but on the other hand, the bikes are just like they have no place there. It just makes no sense. They would be a huge target, uh, for like everyone to vandalize or steal or give these people trouble. And, like, yeah, they're a little gang, but there's, like, so many other forces. It just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense why an out-of-work biker gang is riding those bikes on Tatooine. It makes sense to see the biker gang from episode, uh, was it one or two that Boba Fett beat two. up? Beat it up. was yeah. two. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. we'll talk about them again in a minute. But, um, yeah, that's the type of biker gang that makes sense in this setting. It just sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm, it does, yeah. It's not the end of the world. Right. right. It's not like that would never exist in Star Wars. I can't believe you did that. It's more like, what the hell is that doing on Tatooine? And how'd they get them? That's yeah. how I feel about it. But I am sometimes, if I like a thing, willing to be like, you know what? It's wrong. And I don't care. Like, it's silly. Of course it's silly. Do I love it? Yeah. yeah it's I Star do. Wars. <laughs> it, it, it's exactly. It's Star Wars. It's going to be silly sometimes. And that's, I'm willing to let some things go if they're fun. And this to me was fun. So, yeah. So Speaking of, we mentioned the fight earlier. I, I wanted to mention the introduction of Black Chrysanthemum on this episode was the best um like like we had him on the on episode two, but his introduction on this episode was the best introduction after we see him on two so cool. is when he like this is the first time Boba Fett's dreams have gotten interrupted and literally rips him out of the uh, the back to tank and like okay, that was cool because yeah, like we had yeah. we've had the setup of all the dreams for all this time and never have they been like cut short like that yeah it was it was. It was jarring in the best way. It was a really good second intro, I guess. But, like, really all he did in episode two was look scary as hell and move on with his life, which, cool, good enough for me. Um, But this was actually like, okay, let's see him in action now. Let's go. And this was the best way to do it, to take us completely by surprise and take Boba Fett by surprise. And it's like, oh, now he's fighting in his underwear. Isn't that fun? And, like, it, it was just ridiculously cool to watch it oh my goodness gracious so um god what is the gang name let me see i found it i was uh i was looking for it while you guys were talking the kin kin tan striders okay okay so so (laughs) because that makes sense (laughs) so he beats up the kin tan striders uh in the bar and we first saw them uh, tagging their symbol outside Tashi, Tashi Station at, at the bar. Can, can uh, I make a note that their their symbol looks like my initials? It, it does. looks like a JL. It, it yeah, it actually really does. does. It, it immediately when does. I saw that, because that's how I used to, uh, similar trying to figure out how to make my, my initials look cool. I'm like, hey, they made my initials look cool. <laughs> so... Yeah, Boba Fett beats them up, and then after he's finally helped the um, the Tuscans overcome the Pikes and um, their 
you know, they're basically extorting the Pikes for protection money. Uh, to of travel which the through. Pikes don't care. They're like, yeah, we understand. We'll pay. Um, but only one. Yeah, we're only going to pay one of you, so you guys figure it out. So, and that to me makes total sense because they're a, a galaxy-wide crime syndicate that operates in like the armpits of the galaxy, and they're scumbags. Like to me, that's something that they would that you're speaking their language with that. That's like how you do business. That makes sense to me. Uh, and you know, Fett talks talks to them, and they're like, "Well, the Kintan Striders are saying that that's their territory. You got to work it with them." And then they tagged their symbol on, you know, the Tuscan tents to say, like, we did this. Okay. Um, and I'm looking forward to him just, like, totally murdering all of them. That's going to be great. And the other thing with the Pikes in this, the third episode is we see them arriving on planet to take over and, like, Boba's preparing for war. But I was thinking about this more and more, and it just seems, like, way too obvious to me. Like... The Pikes don't seem subtle. They drive this huge, ridiculous train through the desert, shooting off lasers at the Tuskins with, like, no provo- uh, like provoking uh, coming from the Tuskins whatsoever. Uh, they very openly talk about their business with the Kintan Striders. Uh, and then, like, you know, coming back to the present timeline, we have Fett dealing with this, like, is it the mayor? Is it the twins? Is it uh, now the Pikes? And it looks like it could be the Pikes because they're arriving in force. But that just doesn't seem like their style to me. So I was like Mm. thinking about it more and more. And the mayor, what the heck's the mayor's name? You mean the assassins, right? Um, sorry. Are you talking about the assassins? Uh, in what context? from From episode, like who sent them? Yes. So, okay, and who ultimately is trying to like get rid of him and kill him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and control his territory. So, like Matthew Barry's character, uh, I forget the droid's name, was showing the map. E D E. Sure. Something like that. The droid guy. Uh, and you're know, like, I was thinking about it. Like, we've heard from the mayor, whose name I don't remember in this moment, the Ithorian with the voice um, box. Um. So his name is really close to the McDonald's character, Mayor McCheese. And that's all I can think of now um, when you ask me for his name. Oh, Mock uh, Chase. See? Yeah. It's Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Mock Chase. Mayor McCheese. Yeah. So we have the Twilight yeah. Majordomo so got and Black him. Black Chrysanthemum. I'm sorry, JJ. Black Chrysanthemum and Mayor McCheese. As you were, JJ. Go on. So anyways, I've... You know, I've finally come to what I think is actually going on here. We heard the mayor make a point to talk about how valuable information is. And this the place that we've seen the most information uh, going through and the least amount of conflict is Sanctuary. The Cantina and Moss Espa run by Jennifer Beale's character, Garza Fwip. I think Garza Fwip is behind all of this and running mm. everything on the down low. I think she sent the assassins. I think she is trying to run all of this territory uh, with the guise of, who, me? I'm just a simple, like, bar owner. That is my theory. You I, definitely uh, don't get Jennifer Beale and not have her like she just keeps playing like random almost background character but i can see like it's jennifer beale like like mm-hmm. she's I think gonna you're right. 
Yeah, she, she I, I like that idea. I, I, I had not yeah. thought of that before. She's important. You know, she has to be. She said two scenes, but she's important. You know she is. Like, you know that she is. She's controlling a lot more than she wants you to know she is. So, yeah, I think you're right, JJ. And she's the only character that gave him no trouble. She was like, come on in. Here's your tribute. Uh, whatever you need right away. And I just Bath? feel like that's, like, totally. You your, your Grimorians to be sponged? Like, just, like, <laughs> yeah. totally disarming uh, if you're trying to, like, fool somebody and, and make them not suspect you. Like, that's the perfect way to do it. And that's right. why I'm so convinced now that she is actually the mastermind behind, like, manipulating all of these parties as this, like, power broker in the shadows. Um, if I'm wrong, whatever, but I think that would be really cool if that's where they're, they're ultimately going with it. I think so, because the look that she gives Boba Fett when he walks in the second time, the look from the trailer, you know, like, it's a lot more than, oh, crap, he doesn't know that, you know, uh, the twins are here. It's more than that. That look of, oh, damn, he's here, is more than what she lets up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a look you give when it's like, oh, crap, he doesn't know thing i know it's a little more nefarious than that at least i think so so yeah that's that's what i'm hoping for um but either way like if it ends up just being like a crime syndicate war between house fett and house pike with you know the the fets trying i mean the huts trying to like cause mischief and the mayor manipulating like that's cool too but i i think we're gonna see like uh you know some uh intrigue here that goes deeper than than people are thinking yeah i absolutely love the mare ithorians are one of my favorite species Pro- so cool even more than uh, max rebo um i love max rebo who also was uh confirmed by pablo hidalgo that max rebo probably still only has two arm uh, two uh two limbs um because in the original return of the jedi he only that was his feet he was playing with yeah he's playing with his feet um, yeah 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 and so i i love the mayor i i love that he's fuzzy yeah and um i love that we have a rancor being taken care of by danny trejo i was gonna bring that up next that is a gem that's a gem I love that. I love where this is going. I love some more, you know, Rancor lore. I don't know where any of that came from, but I love it. And um, I love that he's like, I love my daddy Boba Fett. This little baby Rancor is like, I adore this little baby man who I'm going to have ride on my back. Like, it's phenomenal. It's so exciting to me that we have this adorable, like... It's like Boba Fett is just collecting all of the the people and creatures that have a bad rap in Star Wars. And he's like, you come with me. And like, that's it. That's what he's doing. And I love it. I love it. I, I really, the Rancor scenes got me in a way that like, and even in the, I think it was the first or sec, second episode, they blur together for me um, because the first episode was so nothing. Um, when... Who is it that they put in the in the Rancor cavern? That's the assassin. Right, and he's freaking out. Yeah, there are two people down like, there, right? Right, right. Well, uh, 
he they did put, put Black Chrysanthemum down there. But I, at the moment when um, Fennec Shand is like, "There's nothing down there, you freaking idiot!" It like made me laugh. Worst so assassin hard. ever. He's it like, was, "I'll tell you everything." Although, ugh, just let like, me up. Yeah, he was clearly there's no right, Corey. You stupid ass. Like, yeah. it's just ridiculous. So yeah, but, bananas. But I love I love the Rancor so so much. And Danny Trejo. Hi. Like what the heck? It's, I kept waiting for the Rancor scene, the turn, when he's like mm-hmm. here, stand in front of him, and I'm like, is he really going to imprint or are we just getting it set up for the Rancor to attack Boba Fett? Mm. And it didn't turn, which made it even better. Like it, yeah. it was one yeah. of those like you're expecting the worst and you didn't get the worst. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. Uh, the baby rancor. And as you said, they're not just mindless killing machines. Like, there's a lot more to them. And here's Danny Trejo to tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, it's Danny Trejo, but I don't care. I'm still going to, like, accept his character for whoever yeah. he is. It, it, and that's... it's a rancor trainer in, in this instance. And I'm totally fine with that because he's just, like, such a likable guy. And the story that they give you, it's like, who doesn't want a baby Rancor that's going to imprint on them and protect and love them? Like, And they're I foreshadowing to Boba Fett eventually riding it into battle. Like, hell yeah. It's a, it, you're right. It, the character Danny Trejo was the Danny Trejo's character. Like, he is he is him. <laughs> there is him. no character. There's no acting. <laughs> no, he's just, I'm here. I'm in Star Wars now. What are you going to do about it? Like, that's what it is, and I'm okay with it. Um, but, but yeah. He has, I, he has such a presence that it works. It's kind of like yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, where Mace Window really was just Samuel L. Jackson. And, like, Danny sure. Trejo has that presence, too, that it, it just, yeah. he works as himself. Yeah, he could just be there. It's fine. I, I had someone say something to me recently, and I want to get your guys' opinion on it, because I'm sure you know what my response was, but someone said to me that they're not sure how they feel about this show so far, because Boba Fett's too nice. I've seen that online. How how would we... I'll go after you guys, because I'm sure what I'm going to say is predictable as hell. So I'm going to let you guys go first. So, Boba Fett was never, like evil in my opinion he was never like this dastardly horrible character he was someone who was shaped by uh early childhood trauma and grew up in like the worst part of the galaxy looking out for himself with this like heavy legacy on his shoulders that he felt he had to live up to uh and he worked as a bounty hunter and like we've seen afra do a lot of really horrible things um it doesn't make her character evil like i'd say she's more morally gray than anything but i kind of see it in the same vein like he's done what he has had to, to do to survive and i think the experience of um escaping um sarlacc sarlacc combined with the tuscans like that's going to change your perspective on a lot of things like you almost got digested alive and then you had this crazy like life-changing experience with these people out in the middle of the desert um i i feel like that's a really good reason to have a character change their values and what uh how they want to portray themselves and and what their goals are 
Um, and all these people are like, oh, he's not the same. He's not the same. It's like, would you be the same after that? Mm. And he's also never been that evil. So I don't have a problem with it at all that he's like wanting to live a more like respect and honor driven uh, life. And he's still like taking tribute from people for like ruling over them. It's not like he's this like happy go lucky, super friendly, lovable dude. Like he's still a, a hard ass um, that's like ruling over like people and like pretty much a criminal empire here uh, that he's like, trying to like build out and extend um so yeah i don't have any problem with it whatsoever i think people uh this is another fantastic instance of people being like change in star wars oh okay i'm gonna react totally reasonably to that and like be a little patient with it mm-hmm. also you gotta look at <laughs> it Note the heavy like, sarcasm in my voice yeah, yeah yes yes well you gotta look at it like how much do we know about boba fett we've seen him as a kid 10 years old episode two I am not the same person as I was when I was 10 years old. I am far from that person. Um, Mm -hmm. We've seen him in the Clone Wars, so you're looking at 11, 12. We never saw him again until A New Hope. Like, he is in nothing. He's a little bit of the comics um, uh, in that time period, very briefly but he's a businessman that's he's a bounty hunter based on because his father was a bounty hunter which his father was also not really that bad a guy um and like he's a businessman so you have the business boba business boba um going through that time and you're right jj you got eaten by the sarlacc and you fought your way out but you are dead you are dead to the galaxy every nobody knows that you are around anymore and you are kind of living off the grid for four years. Theoretically, if he is with the Tuscans until the time of the Mandalorian, that is uh, five years. That is a five-year gap between Return of the Jedi and the Mandalorian. So you have time in there where he is literally changing as a person. And so I have no problem. This coming from a guy who has a Mandalorian tattoo on my back. Like, this is... I love Boba. I've always loved Boba and I still love Boba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, I agree with everything you guys just said. My, my response was, listen, what we know of adult Boba Fett is four lines of dialogue and a death scene. Like if we're just talking about the movies, there's comics, there's a bunch of other, but what you know about Boba Fett is four lines of dialogue and a death scene. That's it. And he was at work the whole time. Like, he was working. And his work is killing people. So, yeah, he's going to be Not a little... Not even killing people. His job like, is to, to capture people. Right. That <laughs> is. But I'm, I, I was responding to this person. It was like, he was so, like, upset that he couldn't use disintegration. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably fun for him. Like, what? Okay. But that doesn't mean he's a one-dimensional person. Like, you know nothing about him. And now we're just learning that he's more complex complex and nuanced than you originally thought. And because he's not this, like, beacon of toxic masculinity and has emotions and feelings and empathy for people, you're upset. And I want you to think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I really want you to think about that. He can be a badass and not a douchebag at the same time. You like, know. You, can, you can do that. You know, you know, he disintegrated one person one time. One it was time. an accident. And now <laughs> people keep bringing it up. 
like Darth yeah. Vader, no disintegrations. It was one time. Get He's over like, it, right. okay? <laughs> He doesn't even fight it that bad. He's just like, as you wish. And he's like a little dejected. And you're like, yeah, all right. That dude wanted to use his dope disintegrating weapon. Okay. Like, I I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I'm like, he's still a badass. Like, he's still an incredible fighter. He's still doing all of those things you said you liked about him. He's just not doing it all the time. Because that'd be exhausting, wouldn't it? If, like, he was one-dimensional, we'd be complaining that he was one-dimensional. So, yeah, bring in a bunch of other aspects to him. He's The fact that he's like, I want to lead with respect is so cool to me. Like, that's so much cooler than I'm just going to kill everybody. Like, to me, that's dope that he's like, yeah, you're going to respect me and screw you. That's it. I love that. I think that's so much cooler. But... I don't know. The um I heard I heard the the fan base referred to as the fandom menace and I was like that's my new favorite. So I knew that the fandom menace was going to come for that, but yeah, I I yeah, the internet is just the worst and mm-hmm. <laughs> people are are just so wildly impatient and yeah, it's not worth getting into, but it's like the first episode. <laughs> everyone was like, worst series ever. It's going to be the worst. And then the second episode came out and everyone was like, Best this is amazing. <laughs> and now the third episode's out and people are kind of in the middle on both sides. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm glad I, I don't look to see what uh, Star Wars opinions fans of this show are on the internet. I talk yeah. to my friends about it in Discord or with you guys, and that's it. <laughs> um by the way internet fans thanks for listening to our show yeah hey thanks (laughs) um quick note do you guys know who plays the pike boss no who is that phil lamar (laughs) who for people who don't know phil lamar is a huge um uh voice actor and like anybody who's seen futurama that's where i know him mainly from he Mm -hmm. plays hermes in futurama but he is his um, repertoire is absolutely ginormous, and uh, I, I really enjoy hearing him. I didn't even realize it was him till I like. Um, I, I like to check out the credits now that somebody pointed out. Uh, Cammy and Fixer were listed in the credits, and so now I look to see if anybody I missed um, mm. comes up on there. And I saw, I'm like, oh, Smart. it's Phil Lamar. That's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on in the show, and I I still maintain that it is hard to judge it as a whole when we don't know where it's going and we're not even halfway done with it. But so far I'm enjoying it. And I think that's enough so far. Once we have a finale to speak of and speak to the rest of the show will make more sense. But, but yeah, so far so good. Yeah. I like, um, the, basically with the Mandalorian, especially Mandalorian season two, it got to be very formulaic Mm. and that I, I, I really do have an issue when it becomes formulaic. The Bad Batch became formulaic, and I, I don't like it when the the storylines do that. So far here, we have each episode has been fresh, um, even disregarding my uh, my criticisms of episode one. Episode one is still significantly different than two and three, and two and three have been different from each other, and they've been very enjoyable. So I am... I'm all in. I'm super having fun with this. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving that the fan base is loving it. Um, I'm going to assume everyone is loving it, um, regardless of what the <laughs> fan base actually feels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're only three episodes in, and 
I'm having a great time. And we're almost halfway done, though. If this is seven, yeah, that's true. Uh, and and you know, after every episode, I have a lot of questions, a lot of theories, which is fun. I'm not bored. I'm invested. There's a lot going on. Uh, I don't know where so many things are going to go, but I have ideas, and that's a fun way to feel after watching a series. And we're getting more lore about Boba Fett and the criminal underworld of the Outer Rim and Tatooine, so that in itself is super cool. But yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes and uh, what next week brings us. I'm hoping a uh, potentially uh, favorite Tuscan character who's not so dead after all, but we'll see. Uh, so we're going to get out of here, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's double episode here. Uh, we'll be back next week with Chapter 4 for you. In the meantime, if you'd like to hang out with us and talk about Star Wars, come hang out with us on our Discord. Uh, you can get access through Patreon, patreon.com slash Comics. It's only 2 bucks a month. You can come hang out. You also get access to our uh, Star Wars Club, where we talk about uh, movies and TV shows and books and comics. Uh, and our comic book uh, book club as well, which is a separate thing, all about different comics. Um, there's some other tiers on there, but yeah, two bucks gets you everything I just talked about. Uh, you can also support us by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It takes two seconds, helps the show out a ton. We appreciate it a lot. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Talking Tauntauns, and of course, more Star Wars content on AIPTComics.com. So that is going to do it. We're going to get out of here, and we'll see you next time. 